Welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Pennsylvania's backyard lives here. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time players from big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, sir. I found a way around you. Don't take me higher. Last time, the way I loved you, you just wound up tired. I'm there when I need to carry you through it. Stay back and get on track, cause I can't have you ruined. I said, hold on, but don't hold me back. Hold on, but don't hold me back. Hold on, but don't hold me back. I said, hold on. WCYJFM 99.5 The Hive, your home for everything Waynesburg. I'm Jeremiah Miller to my, I guess straight ahead of me, but if I look to... Anyway, Nathan Grell is with me in Studio 3A on the campus of Waynesburg University. This is hour two of the PA Backyard Football Show. And now we're going to dive into a little bit more of, I guess, our picks for uh, the first round of the WPIL playoffs. So, Nathan, what you got for us? Um, first off, just a little bit of an announcement. Game of the week. For the first time ever, we'll be heading to Houston, Pennsylvania for the game of the week. And I know when I posted it yesterday, we were getting a lot of love from Chargers Houston people. Um, this is something that they've been waiting for for a couple of years now. And now we're finally able to get up to Chargers Houston uh, for their big 8-9 home playoff matchup against the Mohawk Warriors. Um, what are your initial thoughts about this game here going into it? Yeah, first off, I will say I was kind of shocked to see how much of a favorable game that uh, the committee gave Char Houston. I mean, this is easily a winnable game, obviously for both. This is a 7-10 matchup um, in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, you know, this was this is a, two teams that are very similar. Uh, they like to run the football, and they play really good defense. Like I, I joked in the first half, I said these two teams could, you know, this game could finish six to three, and I wasn't joking about that. You know, I mean, this game really could. So um, excited! Um, obviously, we've been to Char Houston before. Though this is the first time the game of the week is coming uh, to Char Houston. So look forward to that. I haven't been to Char Houston. Oh my goodness, since I played there my senior year of high school. So uh, looking forward to get back out there. Um, up in Houston, Pennsylvania, to Char Houston to see him take on and hopefully defeat the Mohawk Warriors. Yeah, um, and Chargers Houston is coming off of, they're probably the only team coming off of a bye week heading into the playoffs. Um, And this is a team that we saw them really struggle on offense for almost the entirety of the season. Uh, Do you think that bye week is going to help them out a little bit, you know, get some rest heading into a game against Mohawk, (coughs) where Mohawk's coming off of a hard-fought win against Elwood City. Uh, Do you think this bye week is going to help them out here in the final result? Yeah, I think it will. You know, I think they were a little taken back from the Waynesburg game where they had to come back and defeat Waynesburg in that one. Um, 
So I think they've had a week to get ready, and you know, I think they, I think they well knew who some of the teams that they were probably going to play would have been. I think Mo, they knew Mohawk was one of them. Um, so I'm sure they've probably watched some film on Mohawk a little bit, but now obviously more in depth now that they know. So yeah, I, I think the bye week all in all is going to help the the Bucks in this one. Might start a little slow, but luckily they're not playing a team with a high high end offense like Mohawk. Well, Mohawk might not have a high-end offense, but they definitely aren't afraid to chuck the ball around a little bit. Quarterback J.C. Voss, uh, wide receiver, you know, a really a do-it-all wide receiver. And Mark Conti, he's a threat out of the backfield. He's a threat in the receiving game. Um, and they got two other guys, A.J. Carnouche and Justin Boston um, up there in Mohawk. And this multifaceted attack for Mohawk is something that um, they were able to shut down in McGuffey, but McGuffey, that's a brand style of offense, and Mohawk isn't afraid to mix it up. Um, do you have any bonus confidence in the Chargers' Houston's defense going up against an attack like that? Like that? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I do have a lot of confidence in Chargers' Houston. They, this is a big game. This is a game this team wants to be a part of, obviously, as all teams of the playoffs do, but especially this Char Houston team really making – uh, having a great season, only one loss to uh, their name this year, that being to Wash High. So this team wants to be here. They've wanted to be here for years. They're finally here. They have it at home, and they have a favorable matchup, which uh, I think this team is really in this community is really going to come out and support um, the team on Friday night, and that's going to that's gonna, uh, feed into the, uh, the blood of the Char Houston Buccaneers on Friday night. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, you know, we've talked about how the struggles of Chargers Houston's offense and a, a young quarterback in Terry Fetzko, and they're they're kind of having to rely on multiple backs across the board, but they're finding they're they're able to find ways to win. Um, and now they're facing up against a Mohawk defense that is strong, maybe not as strong as their defense. Uh, but do you think they're going to be able to control the ball, control the clock, and kind of walk away, walk away from this game with a, with a win in kind of that sluggish fashion that they had against McGuffey? Yeah, I do. I, I think I think whoever wins this game, that's how they're going to win. Is sluggish defense, the old saying, defense wins championships. And I think every first down is a victory. You could say honestly, <laughs> truthfully, in this game, I feel that way. Uh, let's pick the game, though. Uh, I got Chargers Houston, but it's going to be close. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be smash mouth football. Um, but give me the Bucks. Yeah, I agree. Final score, give me 14 to 8. Chargers Houston. I got the Bucks winning a playoff game for the first time in a while. And uh, the great victory for the Bucks against a Mohawk team who's had a good year. Let's not let's not forget this Mohawk team has had a great year. A team that's been a bottom feeder in the WPIL for years. So good season by Mohawk. But the Buccaneers are going to send the Mohawk Warriors home. And as the old saying goes, warm up your free throw shots because it's basketball season now for the Mohawks after Friday night. All right, and jumping down into 1A and a game that I'm sure you're definitely looking forward to. The West Green Pioneers at home at Kennedy Field hosting the Springdale Dynamos. And speaking of teams that aren't afraid to chuck the ball around a little bit, you got quarterback legend Osk (laughs) back there for the Dynamos, and he's got a full cabinet of receivers to throw to Logan Dexler, Chase Y-Rock, one of the top sophomores um, in the Whippulet receiver there. Uh is West Green going to be able to hold down a Spring Springdale team that has been playing their best football? Obviously, Springdale's receivers, you know, they might not even be playing. 
um, and that'll factor into the game as well. But what are your initial thoughts here on the Pioneers matchup? Yeah, the West Green Pioneers just have to do what they've done all year against teams that like to throw the ball, maybe not as much as Springdale, but Carmichael's put pressure on Trenton Carter. California put pressure on Hunter Assad. Can't change the game plan, just got to do the same thing you did against those teams. I think we can both agree that Assad and Carter are the better quarterbacks than, than the one they're facing on Friday night. But, you know, that's just what the Pioneers have to do. They got to get pressure up front. Uh, the line is much bigger for West Green than Springdale's is, but, you know, Springdale's small linemen, uh, that makes them easier to get up under the Pioneers, big boys. But um, they just got to get lower than them and get pressure on the quarterback. And I think the Pioneers leave Kennedy Field victory with a victory, excuse me, um, this coming Friday. Do you think this might be a little bit of a West Green offense coming out party, especially for guys like Colin Brady, Corey Wise out there in the backfield? Yeah, I, I think Cor- I think Colin Brady and Corey Wise need to have a big day, obviously. I think Hunter Hamilton also gets evolved a little bit. And Dalton Lucy, who's been stepping up as of late, having a couple touchdowns in a couple weeks in a row in the passing game, stepping up for uh, Nathan Orndoff. So I, I think those guys need to have a big game. Bryce Anderson, the senior as well, he's had a couple touchdowns against – uh, Maple Town and against um, Bentworth the previous week. So look for those guys to step up for the Pioneers to get it done on Friday night at Kennedy Field. And obviously, uh, West Green is a team that likes <laughs> to control the ball. They like to run the ball and drain that clock. And Springdale is more the home run option. Um, do you have confidence in West Green to be able to do that? I know, um, and keep the Springdale offense off the field as much as they can. Yeah, I, I do. I think the offense is going to just grind, like you said, they do power ball. Um, and I, I think that, like I said, on the defensive side, they put pressure on that quarterback. You know, I think it's going to be a good day to be a West Green defensive back. Um, in the secondary, he's going to be chucking it up and making poor decisions if he's getting pressured. And uh, West Green needs to take advantage of those turnovers. If this game comes down to a final drive for the Pioneers, do you have confidence that they'll be able to move down the field and score against Springdale? Yeah, and Team Tico, the Pioneers don't even need to necessarily punch it in the end zone. If they can get into field goal range of Kevin Thompson, you know, he's proved that he can make long field goals in crucial moments, you know. We go all the way back to Beth Center early in the year where he kicked a 45-yarder to end the uh, first half up there, and he's had several cents, including the Cal game I was at earlier in the year for the game of the week for that one. So, yeah, I, I do have faith in the Pioneers. I think they can get down the field and at least get it into Thompson's range to uh, try to kick a game winner. All right, and I'm picking West Green as well. I think they win this game comfortably. I'm assuming you are also picking the West Green yeah, Pioneers. Yeah, yeah, I think West Green's <laughs> got a very favorable matchup in Springdale, a game that I think they should dominate and roll into the quarterfinals again. All right, and elsewhere in the Tri-County South, Shenango visiting the Carmichael's Mighty Mikes. C.J. Miller back in the playoffs for the Wildcats. Um, but Shenango has had their ups and downs this season. They have struggled They've struggled against, you know, not very competent teams. Um, but they've also looked very good against very good teams. So, you know, do you think Carmichael's can take advantage of that up-and-downness of the Shenango Wildcats um, this Friday? Yeah, I think Trenton Carter has a field day running and passing the ball. Michael Stewart. Uh, this is a really nice matchup if you're Carmichael's considering. I thought they'd get Leechburg until Leechburg obviously uh, beat Greensburg Central Catholic on Friday night. So, yeah, um, you know, I think Trenton Carter has a big day, probably 100 yards passing, definitely 100 yards rushing. I mean, that's just been a thing he does this year, no matter what. Um, yeah, I think the Mike's 
have a nice matchup against a Shenango team that struggled a bit. And, you know, Shenango's got to make the long drive down from Lawrence County to uh, Carmichael's on Friday night. So, long bus ride. I think Shenango comes out um, a little slow against the Mikes, and I think the Mikes take advantage of it all the way. And this is a team where, remember, <coughs> the, the team the, the team send the film of the last two ga- week games to the other team. And the last two weeks, Shenango lost 16-6 to at Union and lost 31-16 to against Rochester at home on senior night. When Carmichael's opens up that film, they're going to see how to beat the Shenango Wildcats. Do you think that factors in here um, for the Mighty Mikes uh, going up against Shenango at home? Yeah, I think it does. Obviously, if you're Shenango, you don't want those two films out there at your first-round opponent, but that's just how life goes. You give your last two films up, and uh, I think Carmichael's is going to take full advantage of that. And like I said, Shenango's got a long bus ride. I mean, we're talking about Shenango, who's one of the more northern teams in the WPIL, coming all the way down to the most southern point of WPIL to Greene County to take on Carmichael's. So long bus ride. Like I said, I think Shenango's going to come out starting slow, and I think that the Mikes will take full advantage of that and get up early and often. And C.J. Miller was such a dominant force last season for Shenango, and especially in their win over California in the first round. Uh, do you think the Mikes will have enough up front to basically shut down C.J. Miller, um, control the ball, uh, and take this game? Or do you think C.J. Miller has another career day like – uh, we saw a year ago. A little bit different team he's playing this year than Cal last year. I think Carmichael's is more sound on defense. Um, so be interesting to see, you know, is he, you know, I still like the Mike's defense of this one. I think C.J. Miller's a great athlete, and he's helped propel this team into the WPL playoffs. But I think the Mike's will be fine. You know, he might it might not be a factor of stopping C.J. Miller, but, you know, containing him. And I think the Mike's do exactly that. All right, so I take it you're picking the Carmichael's and Mighty Mikes. I am. I am taking Carmichael's. I think they get into the quarterfinals and the playoffs, and I think we have, for the first time in a while, two uh, Tri-County South teams making it to the quarters. I disagree. I am picking the Wildcats to pick to win this game. I like quarterback Sam Patton. I like their wide receivers, and, of course, C.J. Miller in the backfield is really dominant. I could see this game being really high-scoring. Um, but I like Shenango to win this game as much as it pains me to say it. All right, California at Leechburg. We talked about this game a little bit in the first hour. Braylon Lovelace running back for Leechburg has dominated all season. You're looking at Thomas Burke as well. Um, I think he's thrown for like 1,500 yards this year or something like that. So Leechburg really dominated on offense. Do you have any confidence in California's defense to be able to shut down that type of offense here? I don't. I, I truthfully don't. I, you know, it's going to have to be a field day. I mean, California's offense might have to put up 60 points just to stay in this game, truthfully. I mean, Leechburg's offense is wild, and they put up points early and often. Uh, how scoring? How high scoring do you think this game is going to be? I mean, honestly, you could set the over-under at 120 points. I'm not even joking. I'll, prob- I'll say that in the final score probably be 14 to 12, but... I do. I, I mean, I could easily see this game being uh, first to 70 wins. Wow. Okay. And then um, 
Uh, Braylon Lovelace versus Damani Stafford. Um, Damani Stafford is a guy that has not gotten a lot of love around the Whipple like we thought he would um, throughout this season. Uh, do you think that plays into him playing well a little bit mentally here, or do you think this is Braylon Lovelace's game to ball out? Yeah, this is Lovelace's game. Um, you know, Damani, I mean, he hasn't got any attention as much as he wanted because he hasn't really done much against like a team like West Green. He didn't do much against West Green. Um, against Carmichael's, he was relatively quiet after that first touchdown. So, um, you know, I think this is Lovelace's game to have. I think if Cal is going to win, want to win this game, I think Damani Stafford has to have the game of his life. And I'd love to see that, too. All right, and uh, let's pick this game. I got Leechburg winning, but I think it's a little bit closer than you might think. I think it's a close game. It's just Cal's offense has to put up points, but I have Leechburg as well. All right. Elsewhere in the Tri-County South here in week one of the playoffs, Mapletown visiting the Rochester Rams. The Rochester powered behind freshman running back Antonio Lore and his brother senior running back Sal Lore. Uh, Rochester, you know, that great rushing game that you always think of when you think of that team. Oh, I have nightmares about the Rochester. <laughs> uh, do you think Mapletown is going to be able to break the Rams' defense, or do you think this is just the Rams running all over the Maples? The Rams are going to run all over the Maples. The Maples had a good season, but they, you know, we've seen them. They've got... Yeah, I don't know how to say it. The, the Maples are gonna have a a long day in Rochester on Friday. I agree. I think Rochester wins this one comfortably as well. Final Tri County South game, and I think we're both gonna pick the Cornell Raiders hosting the Manesson Greyhounds. We mentioned the first hour how awesome it was. <laughs> that Manesson is a playoff team. How great a job the Wade Brown has done. But yeah, they don't stand a chance against the Raiders. No, no, no. Cornell's a good, a great team, and, and you know, like I said. Great season, no matter what the outcome is on Friday night for the Greyhounds. Bless you. Oh, man, dude. I, I'm having a coughing spree today again. All right. And in 2A, and this is a game that might have a little bit more juice behind it than we originally thought. This is a, a 13 versus 4 game. Uh, New Brighton at Wash High. The Prexies um, got a home game here. And... Uh, First off, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the new Brighton Golden Lions quarterback situation because it is wild. The senior starter, Gabe Haddix, has played most of the year. He's been out. Um, It doesn't look like he's going to be back for their playoff game here. So now they're basically, and what they did last week against uh, Freedom in their win, they've been rotating three guys in and out. Gary Pugh Jr. has gotten most of the snaps, but they've also given it to Yanni Dietz and Brian Taylor Jr. Um, there under center. Now you're looking at a defense against Wash High that struggled against McGuffey. Do you think they struggle even more against that three-quarterback uh, tandem that the Golden Lions have? Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see for sure. Um, like I said, I'm a little worried about Wash High heading into the playoffs, you know, with how they played against McGuffey. So... Um, you know, New Brighton might give them a look they haven't seen all year. And New Brighton, you know, Wash High historically, you know, they either blow out their teams in the first round or, I mean, they just barely get by, you know. So who knows, especially with Wash High, how they came out last week and played. Maybe the Lions can pull an upset. And as hot and cold as Wash High has looked on defense, on offense they – know how to put up points. Davon Fuchs can chuck that ball 60-plus yards any day of the week. Um, is this another game where 
you're looking at kind of a weaker defense for New Brighton uh, where we see Wash, I just score on every possession and win that way. And they don't really concentrate as much on defense and just chuck uh, chuck it up, put up points, and, and walk away with the win. Yeah, Davon Fuse has to have a big day. Tayshawn Levy, uh, you know, the whole gang has to have a big game. But those two right there is what makes – uh, the world go round up there for Coach Mike Bosnick and company. So, yeah, I, I could see that because you're right. This team doesn't have any problems putting up points. I would be interested to see how many times they've punted this year because it can't be that many. I'm assu- like assuming they've scored on every possession against the weaker opponents in the century and knowing that they probably scored on every possession this last Friday against McGuffey. Uh, they beat Charter Houston 35 nothing. Like, th- this is a team that can put up points. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to pick Wash I to win this game, but I hope it, I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Yeah, I'm taking the Prexies too, and I agree with you. I think it's going to be closer uh, than most people think. I think New Brighton gives them a scare. All right, and those McGuffey Highlanders, they visit the Laurel Spartans and kind of a questionable seeding decision. Um, we, everybody knows about how good Luke McCoy is for the Spartans, but they also got a solid quarterback in Kobe DeRosa, wide receiver in Mike Pascarello. But, you know, McGuffey on offense with Phil McEwen seemed to click last week finally for the first time all season. Uh, how does that offense, you know, transition now into a defense for Laurel that is stout? <laughs> You know, the thing I mentioned about the Shenango Carmichael's game, here's McGuffey having to go all the way up to Laurel in the same situation. You know, McGuffey and Shenango are probably going to wave at each other when they cross each other on Interstate 79 on on Friday. So, uh, yeah, you know, is McGuffey going to come out slow against a great Laurel team, Laurel back in the playoffs? You know, the Laurels had some great teams as of late. They've just been unfortunate losing just the wrong games in conference. I mean, in my senior year, Laurel was 8-2 and two and missed the playoffs. So, like, and that was when they were single way. Now they're two way and they're 10-0. and up. So, this Laurel team, uh, like I said, they're my dark horse to win two way. So, not a good seeding for uh, McGuffey whatsoever. Did last week give you any confidence that with the fact that McGuffey battled so well against Wash High? Did they... Did that give you any confidence entering this game that they'd be able to compete in it and maybe pull off an upset? Yeah, it did until I saw they played Laurel. I mean, Laurel's just a good team. I think Laurel might be a lot better than Wash High. I mean, who knows till we see. Um, I just have I just have a hard time seeing McGuffey stopping Luke Luke McCoy and the the rest of the Laurel offense. And we talk about the triple option being so unique, and they're going to be playing a Laurel team with a good defense. Do you think that triple option is going to be a benefit to McGuffey or maybe a hindrance um, if they're just not going to be able to get first downs <laughs> against a talented linebacking core? It might come in handy because, you know, I don't know how much of a triple option Laurel's seen this year. So, you know, it could help McGuffey at least at first. But if McGuffey gets down early, they don't have the offense to make big comebacks. All right, and let's pick the game. I got Laurel, and I think it's – not close. I agree. I think Laurel rolls over McGuffey here in the first round. Just unfortunate seating by McGuffey. And elsewhere in the century, the best center Bulldogs visiting the Steel Valley. Ironmen, I'm assuming we're both going to roll with Steel Valley. Good season for Beth Center. Way to make the playoffs, but this is not your this is not your matchup. This yeah. is this is a Steel Valley. Not a good matchup. If yeah. you can't stop Braden Woods, I'm sorry, you're not stopping Najee Burt. All right, jumping into 3A now, and this is an 8-9 matchup. Southmoreland at home hosting East Allegheny. Um, the Scotties, 
Uh, getting that home game, I'm assuming they'd rather probably be the 10 seed and not be in the same bracket as Central Valley than have a home game and host East Allegheny. And East Allegheny is good, um, but Central Valley is a lot better. I think South Moreland wins this game, but, uh, you know, do you think South Moreland right now is just a wholesale better team than East Allegheny as it stands right now? I, I don't, actually. Uh, I still have South Moreland winning this game, but I, I think it's going to be a good, close game. I think East Allegheny comes out playing inspired football, um, but I think South Moreland edges it out late in that game. With Central Valley on the docket, do you think this is kind of like the South Moreland Super Bowl a little bit where this is going to be treated as kind of your championship game if you're the No, no, not at all. I still think you play, you know, you you still got to play the game. I know it seems like, you know, Central Valley's this unbeatable team, but they are beatable. You know, and I'm not saying South Moreland beats them, but you know, you still got to go out and play the game and you know see how things roll. But um, no, I I think they're going to treat this game. It's going to be a huge win for South Moreland, obviously, if they can get the win in the playoffs. But um, I wouldn't say it's your Super Bowl. Your Super Bowl is if you want a WPI championship or a state title. All right, and let's pick the game. I got South Moreland, and I don't think it's close. Like I, I got you- South Moreland as well. I disagree. I do think it's close. I think the Wildcats at East Allegheny give uh, South Moreland a game. I mean, just looking at East Allegheny's schedule this year, I mean, they started off the season beaching at 40 nothing. not really a surprise, but they lost to Sarah Catholic and Steel Valley in consecutive road games. Also not really a surprise, uh, but beat Burrow by nine. Uh, yeah, um, North North Catholic lost. They lost nine to seven to Deer Lakes. They lost by ten to Freeport. Uh, I don't think East Allegheny is a team that you're really going to hang your hat on. So I guess Southmoreland a little bit, a little bit more comfortably um, in this one. All right, we got a rematch of uh, the Burrow Bucks and the Mount Pleasant Vikings. Uh, I got Mount Pleasant winning this game, and I think they do it just as comfortably as they did it in Week One. Yeah, I think this Mount Pleasant team is going to come out angry after losing the way they did to South Allegheny. And I think they take it out against a Burl team that they've beaten quite easily before. All right, maybe the game of the week in 3A. South Allegheny visiting the Keystone Oaks Golden Eagles. Um, the Gladiators may be playing their best football of the season right now. they got lots of positive momentum. They're going to Dormont Stadium on Friday night. Um, do they use that positive momentum here to defeat a largely better opponent in Keystone Oaks? I don't think they're that much largely better. In fact, I, 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 you know, I thought this could easily be the game of the week as well. I think this is a really nice matchup. I still think Char Houston deserved it just a little more. In fact, I do because especially since they hosted. Um, but South Allegheny, you know, they're playing their best ball right now. They're, you know, that's like what it matters. It's kind of like in March Madness. You know, look at teams that win the conference championship. They're kind of rolling. They're getting things together. And that's teams that play their best ball right now. And that's what South Allegheny's doing right now. After, in my opinion, they were my most disappointing team to start the season off. Um, but now they find themselves in the playoffs. They upset Mount Pleasant last week. And I, I think they go as road warriors here this week. And I think they take care of business and beat the Golden Eagles at Keystone Oaks. And we've seen South Allegheny have inconsistent offense throughout um, the season. Uh, it seems like one week they're up, the next week they're down. They're not able to score points against Elizabeth Ford, obviously, but um, and then they come back and beat Mount Pleasant pretty good. Uh, but you know, Keystone Oaks has been one of those teams that's it's been a product of their circumstance, right? They're in the same conference as Avonworth. They're in there with Central Valley, and they've kind of been the best of the rest. I like the Golden Eagles in this one. I think they take this one, and I think it's 
I think they do it rather comfortably. Um, just because they're one of those teams, like, we don't really know how good Keystone Oaks is because they play in that conference where there's a lot of bad teams in Anchorage and all them, and Anchorage and Quaker Valley, but there's some good teams in, in Avonworth and Central Valley. So I think they really make a statement. I got the Golden Eagles. Uh, I'm assuming you got the Gladiators, though. I do. I have South Allegheny. I think they pull off the upset. All right, let's jump into 4A now. And uh, do the Indiana Indians, going into Thomas Jefferson, do they stand a chance against the Jaguars, or do you think this is a multi-score blowout? I think this is a bad day to be an Indiana Indian. Yeah, I think Bill Chirpek has those boys ready to go into war. I agree with you. I think Thomas Jefferson takes takes out Indiana and also fairly comfortably heading into a game against Hampton, uh, which should be very interesting. Or Plum. Or Plum, probably or, Hampton. Or Plum. <laughs> uh, Plum is one of those teams where it's like, if they didn't forfeit that one game, they could be ranked a little bit higher. Like, the, you can see Plum be... Well, they had to forfeit because they had an illegal player playing. I know, I, exactly. <clears throat> um, a game that might be the most interesting 4A game, Laurel Highlands visiting the Beaver Bobcats. I don't know how closely you've been following Beaver's season. I have, actually. <laughs> I have a lot of their kids follow me. I actually have followed... Um, their season kind of it's been kind of a wild season too for exactly Beaver. a last second win last week two overtime mm-hmm. wins prior to that um, you're looking at a Mustangs team that might be a little bit more talented across the ball but how confident are you that we see another episode of the Cardiac Bobcats boy I don't know it, it's gonna it's literally Rodney Gallagher versus Wyatt Ringer. Uh, of Beaver era. I mean, Wyatt Ringer, I, I think it was the, the Char Valley game that was decided the thing is, overtime. 44 carries in that game. I don't know if you heard, but Wyatt Ringer got a little bit banged up he'll on play. Friday. He'll play. Okay. He'll play. Um, he'll play. We'll, we'll see. He'll uh, play. His, his status is questionable he'll as play. of right now. Okay. He'll play. Um, do you think... He'll play. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not arguing with you. All right. Mustangs, though. Um, do you think they're going to be able to interrupt this uh, historic run of the Beaver Bobcats a little bit? The, the way they are, one, Ronnie Gallagher isn't going to be able to do everything like he did against Trinity and has a lot of the season. Eric Allen has to step up. Jaden Pratt, uh, you know, Keandre Shield, you know, th- these guys have to step up. It can't just be all Rodney Gallagher if they're going to want to beat this Beaver Bobcat team. All right, let's pick the game. I think Laurel Highlands wins this game. I think Rodney Gallagher. I'm I'm flipping the script from the regular season where I picked against Laurel Highlands a lot, but I think Rodney Gallagher has a career day. Beaver's one of those teams where it's like they're able to win in clutch situations, but like how good is that team really if they're in those clutch situations to begin with? Um, so I like Laurel Highlands to win this game and. Uh, Face off against Aliquippa next week. Yeah, I think Laurel Highlands wins this one too. I think Ronnie Gallagher has a day where he might just pick up ten or fifteen Division One offers after this game, um, because I, I think that's the game he's going to have. But others have to step up uh, in this game as well. But give me Laurel Highlands getting their first playoff win in a while. And bouncing up into five A, Peters Township at North Hills, another battle of the Indians. Uh, John Green and Robert Dickerson really doing well up at North Hills, and then Peters Township with Sam Miller and all those guys. Um, you know Richie Woods, of course, and they're they getting back Luke Petraka tight end in the last couple weeks, and he's really been a game changer for Peters Township. Uh, do you think Peters Township is going to be able to solve uh, North Hills defense that has been one of the top in five A? Uh, it's going to be tough to say because. 
They did figure it out against Moon, who has a stellar defense. So um, I think they are going to be able to figure it out, and, and I think Sam Miller and Braden Woods have a big day. Do you think North Hills is a little, is a little bit overrated, that mm-hmm. they just found Pine Richland at the right time, right place, and were able to beat them, and that's kind of fed into the way we think of the North Hills Indians? Right? No, I think they're perfectly rated at a six seed. Okay. I think they're perfect. I, I do agree with you. I think they got Pine Richland at the right time, but I, I still think they're perfectly rated. Do you think Robert Dickerson might be that final puzzle piece, that game changer in this game to pull North Hills ahead a little bit? I do. I think Robert Dick- Dickerson is that guy. He is one of the best talents I've seen in a long time, truthfully. I've watched his film a lot. Great kid. You know, he's going to buck now. So you know he's got he's got some brains on him. He's going to buck now. Um, you know, he's going to play football and baseball. So um, yeah, I, I think he, he, he's been a game changer all year in every game that North Hills has been in. So um, I, I do. I think he's a big game changer on Friday night. And let's pick it. Uh, I got North Hills, uh, but it's close. It's going to be a toss-up in the fourth quarter, but I like uh, the North Hills Indians to win. Yeah, I, I think it's a thriller, and I got the North Hills Indians beating the Peters Township Indians. I can't guarantee you one thing, Nathan. What? The Indians will win this game on Friday night. I feel like we've said that a couple times. We have. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I like North Hills in this one at Monterelli Stadium. All right, and Woodland Hills, the Wolverines, heading up to Bethel Park in an 8-9 matchup. I will be at this game to see Woodland Hills quarterback Jashon Pringle and uh, Louis Callaway and one of the top talents in the Whippeal and Deontay Williams face off against Max Blank and Troy Volpatti. Um, does this game seem like... They, it might be the two closest teams. Like, this might be the closest game across the entire WPIL. Yeah, I mean, that's why they're 8-9 seeds. You know, they're two teams that aren't separated by all that much. I, I like I like this matchup for Bethel Park, though, because Woodland Hills has kind of been wishy-washy all year. You know, we saw them Week 0 go out and dominate a really good team from New Jersey, but since then they've kind of been just this average team. So... Um, I like this matchup for the the uh, the Blackhawks. I mean, if you're talking about wishy-washy teams, you got to mention Bethel Park in that conversation. Like Bethel Park, seven-point loss to Cannon Mack uh, last week or two weeks ago, thirty-nothing blowout against Moon. So like Bethel Park has had their ups and downs as well, um, and that kind of feeds into the next question: Who shows up in this game? Like who who shows up ready to play? Because if both teams show up, we could really have a really memorable finish. Uh, but it seems like the way the season has trended, one of these teams is is it, it might stumble and it might not be that close of a game, um, just depending on which team is there at any given moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's, if Bethel Park is going to win this game, it's going to have to be a very team effort um, for sure. You know, we're going to have to see a Bethel Park team that um, didn't lose their last two games of the season, one convincingly to Moon, who that was for the conference championship, and then to your arch rival, Upper Sinclair, the week after. All right, let's pick the game. I got the Blackhawks anyway. I think they're just a better team than Woodland Hills, although Woodland Hills does have athletes, and that scares me. I think Bethel Park is bigger and better up front, and that's why they win this game. Yeah, I agree. Could be Bethel Park. I think they're the better team, and I think the top eight teams in all of 5A have a chance of winning it, including Bethel Park. All right, and uh, final game here in 5A, Fox Chapel visiting Upper St. Clair. 
The Panthers, led by Ethan Heister, they also got a couple good wide receivers that they can throw the ball to as well. And they've, they've kind of been the cardiac Panthers in, the, in recent weeks, uh, pulling ahead of Bethel Park, um, winning against South Fed, etc. Um, so, you know, can we see that a cardiac Panther team uh, win this game, not only in cardiac fashion, but in dominant fashion against a weaker Fox Chapel? Yeah. To be honest, I think Upper St. Clair crushes Fox Chapel. We've seen first week of the season, Peters Township crushed Fox Chapel. We saw midway through the season, Upper St. Clair crushed Peters Township. First round of the playoffs, my lock of the week, even though we don't have locks anymore, but I'm telling you, I'm getting this one right. Upper St. Clair crushes the Fox Chapel Foxes. You know what the Fox says? You know what the Fox says? They lose. (laughs) <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think Upper St. Clair wins this game. Um, and it's it, it, it all comes down to me to having that one feature back that can just churn out yards. And Ethan Heister is that guy. Like, he's going if you win, if you need six yards, he'll get you six yards. If you need ten yards, he'll get you six yards. Like, Ethan Heister is going to just churn the ball, churn out clock um, for the Panthers. So I, I like him. Um, and I like them just controlling this game and winning it. Uh, in dominant fashion, Fox Chapel has good offense and has good defense, and they might be a little bit of the product in the conference that they play in um, as far as their skill goes, but I, I think Upper St. Clair is just a better team when you're looking at them head-to-head. All right, going up into 6A, Cannon Mac at North Allegheny, the rematch. Cannon Mac was winning this game until North Allegheny scored 36 unanswered points a couple weeks ago. Um, do you look at this script and see it being written in a similar way for the Tigers? Um, I, I think Cannon Mac knows what they went against uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, they were at home, and I think that helped them with their early lead. But unfortunately, they're not in the friendly confines of Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, Big Mac Stadium, right down the road from Saris Candy. They're at North Allegheny. Tough place to play. Just ask Central Catholic. They just barely got out of North Allegheny this year with a win. Canamac is going to have a rough night on Friday night in Wexford. I agree with you. I think the Tigers will win this one, and it's, it's, it's going to be rather comfortable, too. North Allegheny right now might even be a dark horse here if they're able to play in Mount Lebo, and um, if they're able to compete with Mount Lebo next week, we, sh- we could see them maybe – Getting that upset, I think there's a big gap between these two teams. That's why I got the Tigers. Yeah, I agree. Give me the Tigers. All right, final question, Jeremiah. It's week one of the playoffs. How how excited are you um, to get into November uh, for these next four weeks uh, leading up into Heinz Field and the Whitfield Finals? Yeah, super excited. We're finally here. We've won. We you know all the questions have finally been answered uh, as who's going to be in the playoffs and how we feel about each team. So. yeah, excited. It's finally here. Look forward to being out at Chartier's Houston High School on Friday night uh, to hopefully see the uh, Buccaneers get the win over Mohawk. All right, that just about wraps up this podcast. Go check us out at PA Backyard on Twitter, on Facebook, um, on Instagram, and all those places. Go support us. If you like what we do on this podcast, there is a link at the bottom of the podcast. You can be a supporter. You can donate. It's like $12, $12 a year. That's like nothing, right? Like, what is that? Like, in I'm McDonald's college, terms. I'm a college kid, and I can that, afford like, that. That's like four Big Macs at McDonald's. That's Let's literally like three meals a year. 
uh, you can go help us out there. Uh, um, beside from that, though, uh, you can go check out uh, PA Football News. Uh, go check out all the great stuff they do over there. The rankings just came out. The best brackets in the state as well as statewide brackets, and they're like 200 teams deep. Uh, so you go check those out as well. Um, aside from that, though, this has been the Backer PA Football Show. Jeremiah, take us out. Yeah, once again, thank you all for listening. When we come back next week, we're going to break down the first round of the WPIL playoffs and preview, can't believe I'm saying it, the quarterfinals and semis for 6A. So we'll bring you our results from this week, talk about them. We'll preview next week. That's next week, though. You can always check us out here on WCYJFM, right here in Studio 3A on the beautiful campus of Waynesburg University. Thank you to Department Chair Richard Krause, Faculty Advisor to the radio station Doug Wilson, and Student General Manager Gwen Napier. So long, everybody. Good night. Go Braves. You're listening to WCYJFM 99.5, The Hive, your home for everything Waynesburg. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon. Check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.